Hey guys, I hope you're having a good day. What is a good day? A good day is when it starts and ends spending time with our wonderful Lord. We continue our study of Philippians, the fourfold secret of outrageous, contagious joy. And we're looking at the mind of an unselfish Christ in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 and 6. You know, an unselfish spirit produces unspeakable joy, really. Hey, what kind of mind is in you? Do you have a sensible mind, a sane mind, a selfish mind, a sensual mind? Your thoughts are an index to your character. Seriously, your thoughts are an index to your character. The battle of the mind is one of the greatest battles any of us will ever face. Why? Because we are not what we think we are, but we are what we think. Solomon reminds us as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. What you are thinking today, you are actually becoming tomorrow. So, with all these thoughts in mind, how closely does your mind resemble the mind of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Our goal is to have the same unselfish attitude and humble mindset that Christ Jesus had while he lived here on earth and still has today in heaven. He is God, yet he humbled himself, who being in the form and the very nature of God did not consider or think his equality with God was something to be grasped or held on to, but willingly let it go for the good of those he came to save. That is extreme unselfishness. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We can never really know what someone is thinking unless they tell us. We know that the mind of Christ, the way Christ thought, is described, defined, and illustrated throughout his precious word, our Bible. For instance, study Jonah to see how God thought about a rebellious prophet. Read the Sermon on the Mount to learn how Christ handled ordinary issues of life. Christ's word is Christ's mind. You get that? God's word is God's mind. When you get up in the morning, make your coffee and spend some time meditating on God's word, you're actually reading Jesus's personal journal. In a way, you're reading Jesus's mind. Think about it. You're actually reading what our Lord asked his friends like Moses and David and Isaiah, Matthew and Paul and John to write down for us. This is so wonderful. Jesus puts his thoughts in writing for us to read, examine, apply, and do who, while in the flesh as a man on earth, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. At Christmas time, with our focus on Christ coming to earth as a baby in a Bethlehem manger, surrounded by angels and shepherds and animals, it is easy to casually glance over the incredible impact of the incarnation of Jesus Christ. Jesus took on human flesh and became a man. God, in the bodily presence of Jesus Christ, came to do what no mere man could do, live a perfect life and pay sin's penalty. Commentator John MacArthur states it so well, quote, The incarnation is the central miracle of Christianity, the most grand and wonderful of all things that God has ever done. That miracle of miracles is the theme of Philippians 2, 5 through 8. Some scholars believe this passage was originally a hymn sung by early Christians to commemorate and celebrate the incarnation of the Son of God. It has been called a Christological gem, a theological diamond that perhaps sparkles brighter than any other scripture. In a simple, brief, yet extraordinary, profound way, it describes the condescension of the second person of the Trinity to be born to live and to die in human form to provide redemption for fallen mankind. 
The incarnation calls believers to follow Jesus, Jesus' incomparable example of humble self-denial, self-giving, self-sacrifice, and selfless love as he lived out the incarnation in obedient submission to his Father's will. Uh, that's from Moody Press and from one of John MacArthur's uh, commentaries. So, would you be willing to live three years as a slave to a wealthy landowner in Central Africa? Would you be willing to put everything you have, clothes, computers, cars, cell phones, in a storage container and live alongside the street people of New York City? Would you be willing to say goodbye to all the comforts of home and live with an Amazonian tribe for the next three years? What Christ gave up for you and me is unimaginable for us to grasp. He who is everything gave up everything just for us. Wow. Think about some of the difficulties and misunderstandings Jesus might have faced as a poor carpenter's son that, that he would have never experienced in heaven. Describe in your mind some of the physical trauma Jesus suffered in the week of his death on the cross that he would never have suffered if he had chosen not to come to earth as a man to save you and me from our sins. He left his home where he was surrounded by love and came to a place where those who hated him spit in his face. Jesus Christ, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Jesus Christ is God. He was not stealing any of God's glory by saying he was God and was equal with God. He was both God and man. We should never emphasize his humanity with disregard to his divinity. While in heaven, Jesus chose to humbly take on the form of a man, and for 33 years he lived in a weak, needy, fleshly body. I'm sure it was a joy for our Lord to return to his glorified body as resurrection and then return to his Father's side at his ascension. How does all this apply to us today? What practical application can we learn from Christ's incarnation? Well, think of it this way. Christ left all to become nothing. We are nothing, but at times think we are something and are still not always willing to lay aside our nothingness for others. Ask yourself the following questions to see just how much you are willing to be like-minded in Christ. Number one, is there anything in my life that I am unwilling to give up for the salvation and success of others? Number two, in what way do I view myself better than someone else and would cringe at the thought of becoming like them in order to serve them? Number three, do I live with the same unselfish attitude and humble mindset that Christ Jesus had while he lived here on earth? Lord, I struggle with selfish thinking. You unselfishly left all for me. Help me to get my mind off myself and think of you and others. Help me to think like you. Ooh, we all need to pray that, don't we? Well, our time's up for today. And oh, I'm, I'm just overwhelmed with how good our God is and how unselfish that Jesus came just to die for you and me. But our time's up. Uh, this is the day the Lord hath made. Let's rejoice. Let's be glad. And I hope that you have a really, 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 really good day.